This podcast is supported by Backblaze, online backup that is truly unlimited, unthrottled, and uncomplicated. Backup and access all your Mac and PC files anywhere for only $5 a month. Free trial available now at backblaze.com slash marketplace. Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Coming up on the broadcast today, natural disasters and the economic cycle. We'll do some baseball and we'll talk about the power grid as well from American public media. This is Marketplace. Investing, renting, sending your kid to college? Listen to the Marketplace Money Podcast. Find it on iTunes or at marketplace.org slash podcasts. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdahl. This is the Marketplace Podcast for Tuesday, the 12th of November. Great to have you with us, everybody. The bad news from the Philippines continues to mount. Officials in the city of Tacloban say the death toll just in their city alone could be as high as 10,000 people. The head of the UN's Office of Humanitarian Relief has asked for $300 million as a way just to get things started over there. Obviously, there's a long way to go. But the people in the Philippines do have experience. About 20 typhoons a year hit that country, which has changed the shape of its economy. Marketplace's Adrian Hill gets us going. Look at a list of countries likely to get smashed by natural disasters, and the Philippines is way up there. According to an ominous-sounding index called the World Risk Report, the Philippines is the third most at-risk nation in the world, behind only the tiny island nations of Vanuatu and Tonga. Michael Beck is with the Nature Conservancy. It worked with A-Groups and the UN University to produce the index. It's it's right in the typhoon belt. They're also exposed to, to earthquakes as well. Storm surge, sea level rise, and it's got a big and growing population, many of them poor. This, uh, you know, truly is a developing nation with a lot of vulnerable people. By some estimates, the regularity of disasters in the Philippines lowers the country's GDP nearly 1% each year. This storm will likely take a greater toll, but the economy's been growing fast, and economists doubt the typhoon will slow it down all that much. Raj Desai is a professor at Georgetown and fellow at the Brookings Institution. He says as the Philippines rebuilds, it's got to think about the future. The best type of recovery occurs when the global foreign aid community is coordinating on uh, what sometimes referred to as building back better. Building back better means building with an eye to the long term. Rebuilding through job creation, through restoring livelihoods and things like that. A single focus on infrastructure, he says, can keep a country vulnerable next time around. I'm Adrian Hill for Marketplace. There are reports, unofficial at this point, but reports nonetheless, that somewhere between 40 and 50,000 people have made it all the way through healthcare.gov and actually been able to buy health insurance under the Affordable Care Act. Another 50,000 or so have signed up on the state exchanges, which is all well and good until you realize that the Obama administration's original plan was to have half a million people enrolled by now. The White House is still banking on millions being signed up by the 31st of March of 2014. So from the health desk at WHYY in Philadelphia, Marketplace's Dan Gorenstein asks, what happens if that doesn't happen? If enrollment remains this anemic, 
it's going to hurt. We have enough reserves for a year, year and a half. But, you know, 200 people in a year would be a problem. Peter Bielensen runs Evergreen Health Co-op in Maryland. It's one of a few dozen insurance firms that was created to cash in on Obamacare. He says he needs thousands of customers to stay in business. We have seven people that we've gotten enrolled on the exchange. Um, at least we think we have seven people enrolled on the exchange. It's a different story for the big boys. Their ranks of insured customers are already so big, they're not relying on the uninsured for their bottom lines. But healthcare consultant Robert Leshevsky, whose clients include the big insurers, say it's not about the cash. Goodness, if, if, if this doesn't work, then what's, what's the next chapter in America's political debate over health care reform and how will that impact them? Put another way, the unknown, which could include less or more government involvement in healthcare, is a lot more terrifying than microscopic enrollment numbers. Harvard health economist David Cutler says the real risk is that only the sickest and most expensive patients will bother to buy plans, creating a high-risk pool. All high-risk pools that we have seen become stunted. Enrollment is limited, premiums are very high, costs to the government become very high. And then the system collapses.